Welcome. You're listening to the Making the Shift podcast, where you learn how to go from employee to CEO and build a wildly successful coaching or yoga business. I built my coaching business while working as a teacher, and now I'm obsessed with helping other women do the same. Each week, I will teach you high-level mindset and business strategies that you can implement right away. I'm your host, life and business coach, Denise Veneri. Hello, how are you all doing this week? Another week where I feel like I still sound a little nasally, but honestly, I cannot tell if this is the residue from being sick or if my allergies have kicked in because spring is in full swing for sure over here in the Garden State. So literally everything is covered in green. It comes through the windows and it's like layering itself on the windowsills and the cars are like glowing green. And essentially, I feel like I have this perpetual cough slash tickle, which has required me to stop recording so that I can cough and then hit record again. So it's taking me like three times as long to record my last few podcasts, which is just funny because normally I can pretty much record it straight through, but I've been hitting a lot of stop coughing and then re-recording. So Anywho, as so many of you told me, though, actually, you love when I don't edit out a lot of my stumbles, which I just love um, so much because, you know, it's one of the things I actually coach a lot of my clients on is like just, you know, get out there and do a Facebook Live or go on IG Live and just do it, you know, and don't worry about stumbling. Like, who cares? And I find this really like endearing that so many of you like when I stumble. So Anywho, you like that I leave it in, actually. (laughs) That's what some of you have told me. I love it. Well, anyway, I'm just kind of over, though, this coughing bit. And I'm not going to cough into the microphone because it sounds terrible. But I'm just like really ready to just get back to sounding like myself, which kind of leads me into today's topic. So I hope you're ready to dive in. So one of the topics that I've been really digging deep into for years, now that I have really thought about it, um, years as a teacher in the formal classroom, as a yoga teacher in the yoga studio, and with my coaching clients over the past 16 or so years, I've learned a lot about identity and how that is shaped. And it's really interesting. You know, I learned about this first in my undergrad and my graduate studies, um, which is in English literature. And then my secondary, my minor is in um, secondary ed studies. And then as a yoga teacher through the study of yoga philosophy and shadow work and as coaching, you know, as a coach, you know, learning about the brain and how we're wired and the basics of CBT. And like, here's what I recognize with over, you know, 16 years of study is whether it's a 5,000 year old philosophy or a more recent study, identity work and the concepts that are around identity, like how our identity is shaped and, you know, what, um, how our identity informs the way that we live our lives, right? Like all of the, these studies, whether they're 5,000 years old or more recent, they're all really similar. They're all saying a lot of the same stuff. And there's tons of yogic texts that discuss the mind and the power of our thoughts. And you can look at the chakra system as a lens that just kind of allows you to access your unconscious programming. There's Carl Jung's work, like his shadow work, and then tons of more recent discussions on generational trauma and how that impacts our identity. So you might be asking yourself at this point, like, where is she going with this? So stick with me. I've been working on this concept for myself, which I always do. I work the concepts on myself first. I I look at what I'm doing and how I'm doing this work 
for, for me and the transformation that I'm getting. And then I language it and package it in a way where if it's appropriate for one of my clients, I definitely introduce it to them. And then, you know, it makes its way onto the podcast at some point. So I've been exploring this within myself and my clients. And I don't think that I really had like a formal language for it. Like I haven't hadn't developed it for myself and I'm still working on it, but I just had this amazing coaching session where I from with my coach where I fleshed out the next level of my business coaching philosophy. And it's this next piece that is really crucial to how I see growing a business. And I'm working around this concept of identity-based branding. So first, I'm just going to dive into the identity work as a concept. So this might get a little meta at times, but one of the things I learned from my my business coach, as well as from Brooke Castillo, who is the brains behind the Life Coach School, is this concept of future you. I did a podcast episode on you know, what that is and how this concept is really important. But essentially, to keep it really brief for now, you have daily conversations with your future self. And this is the self that has the consistent, you know, like 5K months or 10K months or multi six-figure brand or maybe even the seven-figure brand. It's that identity that you want to become as quickly as possible. So if you are new to entrepreneurship and you're having inconsistent revenue, so one month it's $2,000 and then maybe it's $7,000 and you have, you know, and then the next month is five and you're really wanting to get to the 10K consistent months, you're close, but chances are if you haven't been able to create that result for yourself, there's an identity piece. And you want to you want to adopt that identity of the ten consistent ten k coach who's a six figure coach at that point. Um, you want to adopt that identity as quickly as possible, and do not confuse this. You don't have to have the result to become that person to adopt that identity. You can become that person now. As a matter of fact, the way that you get to have a six-figure brand is by thinking like that future version of you now. So here's why this is so effective. It's because in order to be that person that creates the result you're looking for, whether it's consistent 5K months or a six-figure brand, you have to become them now. You adopt the identity. And what that means is you begin to think, feel, and act like that person, like the six-figure entrepreneur. And eventually, your reality, your circumstances will catch up to you. So what happened for me on my own journey was as I hit each new goal, my brain resisted identifying as that person, which is really interesting. It wanted to say my results were a fluke. I had no problem figuring out how I thought I would think and feel as a six-figure entrepreneur but once I became that person where that was my reality, I I actually resisted identifying as that person. It's so fascinating how our brains really think. And my brain wanted to tell me that my results were a fluke. And I see this very thing in a lot of my clients. They don't truly adopt the pers- the identity of the person they want to become and they hold on to who they've been. And this can be so hard for some people. And it's not a problem if you're, you know, maybe recognizing it's just part of the growth. And sometimes, you know, the reason 
that they can become they can't become that person now is they believe they need the evidence first that the reality has to be there in order for them to adopt the identity which was so funny cuz i had like the opposite i was able to step into the identity and then once it became my reality i struggled with that so it's just really interesting and you know sometimes even with the evidence there's kind of a de- a denying of celebration which happened with me for sure, because I didn't identify as the person. So I wasn't even celebrating what I had created. And I see this very same thing show up in some of my clients where they're not really owning who they are and the results that they have created. Their their brain is kind of ignoring what they have created, the progress that they have made. And they'll tell themselves it was a fluke or that you know it's not working or that they struggle with identifying as that person. So it almost feels like you are wearing clothes that are just too big for you. You like the outfit, but the clothes are just kind of hanging loosely on you. They don't fit just quite right yet. That's sometimes what it, that's the analogy I want to use for like stepping into a new identity. So why do we do that? Well, our identity is who we think we are. And if you've been identifying that way, you know, chances are it's been for a really long time, much of our personality and our identity is formed when we're still very young. So by the time we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, we've had a lot of practice with this identity. And sometimes as we move into the next chapters of our lives, our brains do not compute. (laughs) They don't like how we are changing because our brains just don't like change. They resist it. And it will resist the next identity shift. Other times, we just aren't aware of our current belief systems that were informed by parents, schools, religion, society, generational trauma. So as you try to change, again, you'll be met with resistance. So I love to turn to Google sometimes just for, you know, Uh, a more eloquent definition. So I think this one is from Psychology Today, where they say identity encompasses the memories, experiences, relationships, and values that create one's sense of self. This amalgamation creates a steady sense of who one is over time, even as new facets are developed and incorporated into one's identity. Identity encompasses the values people hold, which dictate the choices they make. An identity contains multiple roles, such as a mother, teacher, United States citizen, and each role holds meaning and expectations that are internalized into one's identity. Identity continues to evolve over the course of an individual's life. I think this definition is just spot on. And, you know, the fact that an identity create contains multiple roles and these roles that we have in our mind they have they hold meaning and expectations that we internalize as part of our identity and our identity encompasses these values that we have which dictate the choices we make so our identity is very much formed by experiences that we have roles that we take on and sometimes we have these thoughts that are uninvestigated and they're kind of dictating how we're showing up in the world, even if it's creating results that we don't want. 
But the last bit of the definition that identity continues to evolve over the course of an individual's life, it's that last bit there. The beautiful thing about identity is that it can evolve over the course of your life, that you can change. And it, actually, your, your identity work is really crucial to growing your business in every single aspect. So I don't see a whole, anyone else really talking about this concept. I haven't, you know, it's just a, I was fleshing this out with my coach and we kind of landed on this concept of identity-based branding. And, you know, I'm just kind of like feeling all the feels right now because I know that this is the work that I did to create my results. And it's the work that I teach my clients and it's really rooted in my core philosophy and it's pure magic for entrepreneurs. So let's start with why entrepreneurs start businesses in the first place and I'm gonna tie in this concept of identity. So for one, my my tribe, like a lot of my clients and the people who follow me, you know, we're a little, maybe a lot rebellious. I know I am. And you may not identify as that, but if you're in your nine to five and you found yourself always questioning why people were doing things the way they were, or you were dreading the office politics and the red tape, and you had things like thoughts that I could do this so much better and way more efficient, or really you just didn't want a boss. Listen, I used to think this, doesn't everyone? I really believe that everybody had the same thoughts. Like, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have a boss? I would really love to own my own business. Doesn't everybody want to own their own business? And the answer was, nope, they didn't. I was a teacher and I literally assumed that everyone else thought like I did and they just did not. I was a rare breed. And almost everyone else that I was in community with was really content, I think, to some degree. And even if they didn't like the rules, they just never questioned them. And they didn't really have a desire to. They just kind of accepted it. I, on the other hand, had a bunch of different thoughts. And I kind of remember having some conversations earlier in my career about, you know, this desire to really want to go out on my own and do my own thing. And it just like had never occurred to me that other people didn't think like that. And they literally never had the thought that they don't have to be here, that they can leave anytime, that like they can go and start their own thing. And for me, on the other hand, it was like, it just hit me one day. I am not like them. <laughs> like they're wonderful people. I'm really done with this entrep- this employee model. And so if you're an entrepreneur or you are itching to have your own business, my guess is that this might be speaking to you. Like you're a rebel. So following the rules of some of some sort isn't something that you love. And in fact, you probably really disliked working your nine to five because you just have this feeling that working for yourself where there's no BS, there's no salary cap, there's no rule book that you have to follow, you know, to get things done a certain way, blah, blah, blah. You might not realize it, But the reason that you don't really enjoy being an employee is because you think like an entrepreneur and not like an employee. You might have a slight rebel edge that creates some friction in your job. And you might be in your own business now and thinking, oh, that definitely was my experience as an employee. Now, you don't fit in the employee model no matter how hard you know, it tries to make you conform, right? And the employee model really does try to get people to conform. But for the entrepreneur at heart, 
there's like some resistance to that. So one of my favorite books that I just loved, you know, even growing up, and then one of the books that I really love to teach is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And it's all about this. It's how society and certain institutions try to make us conform. And then when we don't, we're called crazy, reckless. And I bet that if you have the desire to leave your corporate job or the city job with the pension or the 401k, you know, in order to pursue a career in the arts or holistic wellness, or, you know, you want to become a yoga teacher, you might hear those very same things from your colleagues, your friends, and your family. Isn't that reckless? It's too risky to be an entrepreneur. You're crazy to give up your 401k. But that's their thoughts. It's their current identity talking. And they are often well-intentioned, but for the entrepreneur, it's like sitting in prison, wearing the same jumper every day, looking at the outside world through bars. (laughs) And it's like the characters in the book who start questioning their own sanity while the institution promises to rehabilitate them, first by making them like everybody else. There's even a schedule of when they have to take their quote unquote medicine, and they aren't even allowed to ask what's in it. (laughs) If they do, they are called being difficult. That it's what it's like when you're meant to be an entrepreneur, but you're working as an employee. It's like when they try to break a horse, but it's too wild, you remain untamed. You know what I'm talking about? If you know what I'm talking about, (laughs) you know this, you know it, if this is you. (laughs) I remember when I had this epiphany, the day my thoughts about myself and the employee model and like how frustrated frustrated I was, like my identity started changing. First, it was I was a teacher with a side hustle. That's just how I thought about myself. It never occurred to me those early years to turn the side hustle into a full-time business because I had all these beliefs about the pension and the benefits and retirement, right? Like that I would get all these things 30 years later when I retired. I was so ingrained in this belief. And I know where the belief comes from. It comes from my family who come from Puerto Rico. And my dad always told us that we really needed to get stable, secure job, one with benefits and pension, because that was his experience coming from a lot of uncertainty when he came to New York, you know, as a child, and there was a lot of poverty growing up. So for him, getting a job with pension and benefits really was the way out. And so he just shared his thoughts with me as I grew up, and I adopted that, became part of my belief system. Until one day, I just had a different thought. (laughs) That the only reason my side hustle that I love so much isn't making my, you know, teacher salary is because I haven't really tried to do it. So I made like just enough room in my mind, right? Like that I haven't actually tried to make that the thing. (laughs) And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. That the only reason why I never tried is because I believed that you never leave a job with a pension and benefits, that you have to work there for 30 years and then you can do what you really love. I had all these uninvestigated thoughts and beliefs and I realized a few things and my thoughts started changing. I started questioning, what if I made more in my business? 
than I even ever could have made as a teacher? And what if I was exponentially happier working in my own business? What if my business was triple the salary I made as a teacher and I was able to repeat that every year for the next 20 years? Would I even care about that measly pension? And the resounding answer that my brain basically yelled at me was like, no, you wouldn't. And I have to attribute that moment to my identity shift beginning. I became in that moment a teacher with a business. And then it was an entrepreneur and a business owner who also happened to teach. (laughs) And then it was an entrepreneur, a CEO of a six-figure brand. I grew into myself bit by bit, and I will continue to grow into my next level identity bit by bit. But it all started by dropping the old identity that kept me stuck in a model that just wasn't fit for me. I was like a character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I was forced to live in an institution that wanted to make me like everybody else And when I wasn't normal. Being an entrepreneur isn't normal. It isn't doing what the average person does. It's anything but average. It's anything but normal. You literally are going against the grain. And here I was for my entire life up until this moment taking advice and and, and believing these uninvestigated thoughts, adopting them as my own belief system from people who literally didn't think like me, from from people who were really content with average, normal lives, <laughs> being an employee, right? Having being the existence of being an employee, that was their identity. So when you're an entrepreneur at heart, you really can't take advice from average people. And there's nothing wrong with average people, right? They're wonderful. They're amazing. They're incredible. But they like being an employee and you don't. <laughs> so if you're an entrepreneur, Thinking like one requires that you start really questioning your own beliefs and start talking to other entrepreneurs and being in community with them to to hear and see how they think about being an entrepreneur, how they think about business, how they think about money, how they think about impact, right? So I want to ask you, like, who are you at consistent 5K months? Who are you at consistent 10K months or multiple six figures? That's identity work, right? You have to grow into that identity and question all the assumptions you have about your current self. Notice how you're thinking about yourself right now. Right? How are the how is the way that you're thinking about business and yourself and being an entrepreneur or if you have a if you're working full time and you have a business that you're growing, how do you think about yourself? Because how you think about yourself is really going to impact the way that you show up in your business. So when I ask you like who are you at 5k consistent 5k months, 10k months or having a six-figure brand, it's stepping into how does that version of you think? What is that version of you like? Who are you at that level, right? It's not a denial of who you are now, but it's understanding that in order to get to the next level, you must think differently about yourself because we know that how we think and how we identify is going to play a role in what we create in our lives. 
Okay. And what you want to do is you just kind of uncover those parts of yourself that have served you up until this point. They've served you really well. But if they're not going to help you get to that next level and create what you actually want, then you have to do the identity work to start uncovering all of those ways that don't support you and drop those parts of your identity on the way there. Doing this identity work is so crucial as you start to scale to your first, you know, six figures and then maybe onto your multiple six figures. It's getting really crystal clear on who you are now is good and perfect and whole, but who are you going to be? And how can you start becoming them right now? So how do they think? How do they feel? What do they do, right? How do they dress? How do they talk? How does that six-figure you show up in the world? So creating a six-figure brand really isn't about picking the perfect colors and fonts or what style of clothes you're gonna wear at a photo shoot, right? It's about how your identity plays a role in creating a standout, unrepeatable brand. So as I mentioned earlier in today's episode, I've been playing around with this concept of identity-based branding. And, you know, most people think what that branding is about, you know, picking the right colors and having someone else help you, you know, feng shui your website or something like that, right? And picking the right outfit out. And it does to some extent, of course, but in a really like external way and in kind of like an artificial way. The best solopreneur brands feel like the person behind the work. Identity-based branding is when you are so fucking clear on who you are and who you are becoming, your brand just becomes a natural extension of that. It's a reflection of you. It's, It's not cookie cutter. It could never be cookie cutter because it's uniquely you. And that's what makes a standout brand. So On next week's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about branding and what um, I call like brand alchemy. So alchemy is defined as the process of taking something ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary, which is truly how I see entrepreneurship. And it's doing this in a way that sometimes cannot be explained. An example of like using alchemy is a person who takes a pile of scrap metal and turns it into beautiful art. And I like to think of the identity work that we're doing is like alchemy, right? We are taking who we are now, we're doing this identity work and we're becoming a more beautiful piece of art. We're beautiful now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way we are now, but when you're stepping in to these next level, next iterations of you, it's absolutely like alchemy. So how you create a six-figure brand is by stepping into that person now, is thinking and feeling and showing up like that person now. And it requires that identity work. What are the ways that you're thinking now that got you here, They got you this far? not necessarily going to get you to the next level. And how do you want to grow in to that next you? Dropping the parts of you and stepping into like this next version of you bit by bit. All right, everyone, until next week, keep making some epic shifts. Hey, 
If you're ready to grow your business, I want to invite you to learn about coaching with me. Set up a time by going to denisefineri.com forward slash consult. Until next week, thanks for tuning in.